0: And welcome to the One Broke Actress Podcast. The One Broke Actress Podcast. The The One One Broke Broke Actress Actress Podcast. Podcast. This is the podcast giving you an honest account of actor life. I mean, can we just be honest for a second? Plus a few lessons I learned in the process. This is what I'm saying. Nobody knows anything. I'm your host, Sam Valentine. Oh, hi, listeners. (laughs) What's up, guys? It has been... A few months since we last released a podcast episode after we wrapped season three, and I am so happy to finally share with you season four. It has been two three months in the making and I couldn't be more excited um there is lots of cool stuff going on with the podcast this season um with one broke actress and with myself which is really fun so I'll give you like a really short update but if you want to fast forward to the interview itself please feel free um but hi guys Sam here I hope you enjoyed our new intro of course Maggie Zabo's song underneath it as always um I'm engaged, which is crazy. Uh, so that's kind of like a personal life update that's happened since we last chatted. There is some cool stuff going on with my acting career. If you follow me at Sam Valentine, you'll have seen a really cool commercial and uh, and a TV spot that I got to do since we have last talked. And, uh, and I'll share more with you as the podcast goes forward with some cool things that are happening. So... That's all very selfish of me to share, but for you guys with One Broke Actress, I am so excited to announce that I am now working with a media company. I'm working with Laurel Canyon Creative, an incredible media and social media company run by a very, very amazing group of women, and they are helping me out. We are working on fixing up the old blog page. I hate calling it a blog. I've always hated that word. It sounds so lame they're going to help me with my website. That sounds better. And um they have also Cecilia especially their founder and CEO has been incredibly helpful with this season of the podcast. So you'll probably see a few more emails, a few more things organized. It's going to be very streamlined and thank you so much Laurel Canyon Creative for coming on to the podcast. Um you guys should check them out on Instagram. Because they are doing some really cool stuff with socials in general and branding. And, uh, and keep an eye out because you will hear from them again soon. The podcast also has some tricks and turns in its sleeve this season. You'll notice some different kind of questions um, along with the usual of everything you want to know about the ins and outs of this business and everyone's journey. But we're also going to have some little bonuses along the way that you'll find out more about next week. To keep up with all of this, this is right, this is where I'm going. (laughs) Can you tell I haven't done this in a minute? To keep up with all of these things, um, along with rating and reviewing and subscribing to this podcast, all of which I sure hope you've done, that you should go on onebrokeactress.com and sign up for our mailing list because we're going to be sharing extras and freebies and special stuff for everyone on that mailing list all season long. So one, the number one, brokeactress.com. Click subscribe there as well. Sign up for the mailing list, and I'll send you some stuff. And then you can email me back, and we can be like pen pals. Okay, that was lame. Let's get into the episode. Guys, Dana Powell is a bad-ass actress. You might know her from Modern Family, from a recent episode of The Good Place, from other episodes of so many shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Blackish, Clipped, Mom, Veep, shall I go on? She is one hardworking woman. Also, did you see Bridesmaids? I bet you saw Bridesmaids. She was also in that movie. Dana is also crazy from the same college as me, and we have never talked before. So it was so cool to sit down with someone who came from the exact same space to LA that I did, who had a totally different journey and has so much upwards momentum, but also an incredible down to earth aspect. I could go on and on about her, but I'll just give you a super quick sum of what we talked about, like things, how unstable the industry can be and never really knowing whether or not your finances will be there, how her mentor's tough love got her through the rough patches, her perspective on auditioning and why she actually loves it, how having a kid has changed her entire perspective on life and her career choices, along with how acting and auditioning should not be the only thing to make up your identity. That is very important, and she'll also tell you about the Fuck You Flame, which is something I've just pocketed since our interview and taken with me. Dana was my first interview I had this entire season, so if things sound a little rusty, as they might with this intro, that is why, but um, you are going to love her. So listen all the way through to the end to catch our notes on the back end. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and without further ado, please enjoy Dana Powell. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a time you remember the first time you were into acting? Like it struck you? Well, my when I
1: was in high school, no, because I was very, very (laughs) shy. When I was in high school, though, my mom wanted me to audition for the school musical, Mm -hmm. which was Fiddler on the Roof. And I auditioned and didn't even make the chorus. And so she made me go back every day after school and ask the choir director if anyone had dropped out. And so finally... Your mom is
0: like a networker.
1: Yes. Where
0: was this? In Springfield? Yeah, Hillcrest
1: High School. Oh my god. And um, finally, I think she just felt bad for me. And she was like, just come to rehearsal. And so I got, I had one line in the chorus. And I said it so fast, the cameraman, if you see the old VHS, because I'm ancient, the VHS, he like swings from side to side trying to find me, but I talked so fast, he couldn't. <laughs> so that was my first experience. And I really loved it, and so then my mom was like, "Why don't you join drama?" And that's kind of when I got into it and realized, "Oh, this is something I love."
0: And then, did you enjoy your one line? Yeah, or was this just for your mom.
1: No, I did. I enjoyed it very much, and so I joined. I did drama in high school, and that's when I fell in love with it and knew that I wanted to do it more. So I told my parents I wanted to go to college for theater. And then my mom was like,
0: oh, well. (laughs) I think she regretted. How did you tell – did you think they were going to have a good reaction? Yeah,
1: I didn't know that they would really care. Um, But they were like, yeah, no, that seems like a dream. So I paid my way through school. And then after school, after college, I got a job. They were like, "Okay, now it's time for you to stop dreaming, you know, and kind of get a real job." You know, that Uh Midwest mentality of
0: like that was fun. Yes,
1: insurance and all that. So I got a job at KSPR thirty three in Springfield, and I was editing the nighttime news and rolling the tapes. That's how we did it back then, <laughs> in the covered Amazing. wagon days. <laughs> and then my boyfriend at the time called me one day and was like, hey, this dude I went to high school with uh, was touring with Les Mis in Germany and had a heart attack on the sidewalk. And my boyfriend at the time, he had finished his master's in theater, and he was selling cars with his master's. And I was working at the news station, and he was like, We can't do this. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go. And he said, I'm leaving in 30 days. I really hope you want to come with me.
0: And And, you are in LA. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: And I always said I would never go to LA. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because I thought it was only for pretty popular people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some days it feels like that. (laughs) It is.
1: Yeah, some days it does. But I definitely thought, there's no way I'll ever make it in LA. Um, But I wanted to be with him. So I told my parents, you know, we had been dating for – three years. And I said, this man thinks I'm very talented. And I think he wants to rescue me from this town. And I, he wouldn't marry me before we left. He said he wanted to make sure it wasn't a college relationship.
0: Oh, wow. And I was
1: like, okay. So I told my parents, he's going to dump me when he rescues me.
0: <laughs> you think he's going to bring you out here and then dump you? And then you? dump me. Yeah.
1: And so I told, I said, please don't let me move home for a year. And, of course, my mom was like, you can come home whenever you want. <laughs> but I was like, no, please don't let me move home for a year. And then we were out here for a few months. He did ask me to marry him. We're married and we have a child. We've oh, great. So
0: it wasn't it, just a college relationship. It wasn't.
1: It's been almost 20 years now.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. It's been over 20 if you count dating. I'm skipping ahead a lot here, but do you feel like being married in this town has made your life easier or harder? Oh, I
1: think easier for sure because you have that person to go home to and be like – what is happening with my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also, he's in the industry. He's he. When I met him, he was an actor, and he got his master's in direct... He did his thesis in directing. Did directing you go to program. Missouri State, too? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, we met in Missouri State. We went to the same college, guys. Yeah. No deal. It was called SMSU when I was there. Oh, yeah. Now it's MSU. But um, he works behind the camera. He's a producer. Ooh. So when I go home and complain about things, he gets it. Even though sometimes I'll say production people... Actors aren't their favorite.
0: (laughs) Well, we really make or break the day. (laughs) Yeah. I I asked him one time,
1: I was like, do you tell people right away you're married to an actor or are you embarrassed?
0: (laughs) I bet his answer better have been right away. love her. Yeah. (laughs) His answer was, well. (laughs) He tells people now. (laughs) I always say my boyfriend's a writer and my fiance, it's new. It's new. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that I love that he is in the business, that he understands what's going on, but that we don't have the same set of problems.
1: Yeah. I what is, And what? how is he in the business? He's a writer. Oh, yeah. You yeah. said that. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. So he, he gets, gets it, it. But like... When I'm sad about something, his sadness is different about yeah. me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like writers too, writers and production people too, they're a little more grounded than
0: us. Yeah. So we need that. We need it. need yeah. that magnet to bring
1: me home. I have a lot of friends that are married to other actors and I'm always like, I don't know how you do it. I'm fascinated. Yeah.
0: I want to interview like a slew of them and get I their know, tips. It's crazy. I, I am way too neurotic. <laughs> me too. Yeah. I'm a train wreck for sure. Oh, all the time. Yes. Total mess. Constant. <laughs> so... in that first year, what did you do? And I like like details. Did you, you got here? How did you find a place? Did you join an acting class? Did you like have seven part-time jobs? Like how did you survive?
1: Yeah. When I first got here, like immediately when I first got here a week or so after back then we all did temp jobs. Mm -hmm. So my first temp job was at the Academy of Arts and Sciences television. Tight. Yeah. So I was like sending out letters and invitations to Carol Burnett and I just, and I just thought that
0: was so cool Michael J. Fox. I wish temp jobs were still like a thing. I feel like they don't they not as much anymore. No,
1: people don't do them as much anymore. I but it sounded um, fun. Yeah, I was just stuffing envelopes there and I, I took a piece of letterhead, because it has an Emmy on it, Uh and I wrote a letter to my baby sister and said, someday I'm going to win one of these.
0: Oh my God, that's so cool. So
1: I started working right away. We had moved out here and stayed with a friend of my husband, my then boyfriend's, um, for a little bit, and then found a place. Westside Rentals, I think people still use that. It's the best. It's a great tool to find a place.
0: You and your friend all share passwords. Exactly. That's what we always did. Mm -hmm. I think it might be free now. Oh, is it? I don't know. I'd have to check. But I think someone told me recently that it's now free. It's a great
1: resource.
0: It's so good.
1: Yeah. So we got a place. And mm-hmm. to begin with, he sort of started pursuing his thing. And I had a regular corporate job. Um, so I had a regular corporate job for about four years. But what I did do when I first got out here was immediately jump into improv classes. Okay. So I started interning and taking improv at IOS, which is now... Gone. I
0: know it's so sad it was my first improv class too I picked it because it had a bar oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> amazing <laughs> so I started there interning. Angela Kinsey was my boss mm. um yeah, it was just great, and the way the theater was set up then, I was in the box office, but the box office door opened up to the stage, mm-hmm. so I was just watching shows constantly, which is a great way to learn. That's you amazing. see the good, you see the bad. Uh-huh. You see it all in there, yeah. have the facts <laughs> of improv. Is that cool? <laughs> that works, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that's how I kind of got started, was just having a corporate job and then training. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then... What? Do you find an agent? Did you... And also, who... Did anyone tell you along the way, like, here's what you should probably do next? Because I'm fascinated how people find their way. Because now I can Google... Sure. ...10,000 actors' articles and look up people's opinions. And we have podcasts like this. Yes. How did you figure
1: out what the fuck you're supposed to do? I have... I've talked about him like three times this week. He's going to give me a hard time, but I have a mentor of sorts. Um, his name is Eric Stone Street. Oh. He plays my brother,
0: Cam, on Modern Family. Have you guys ever talked about the fact that he is supposed to go to MSU on the show and you went there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He definitely, when they were sort of like creating the character, he didn't want the character to be from Kansas. (laughs) So he chose, because Missouri is close and he doesn't mind making fun of me.
0: So (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's funny you say that because um, his friend that he initially read the audition with, Matt Corboy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I he's, love Matt. He was on the first season of the podcast. Oh my god, I yeah. love Gore Boy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah.
1: so handsome. He's so that lovely family too. is gorgeous. I know, I love them and his son. Oh, I love I them all. Yeah, yeah. That's how I met Matt through IO and Eric and all okay. of that. Yeah, connect
0: um, the dots, guys. Oh my
1: god, it's a small, small world. It is. That's why you know people say don't piss anybody off. It's the truth, man. <laughs> so true. Yeah,
0: it's so true. Okay, so he's been kind of your mentor. Yeah, Did you meet him before.
1: I met him the show? way before. Okay. Yeah, um, I've known him almost twenty years, oh, and cool. he. I was in an improv class in the early stages, still. I think like maybe level three, and his friend Jerris said. So, to me, I think you're really talented. I have this friend you need to meet because I think he could give you career advice. You're kind of like, I guess like the female you know, version of him. <laughs> we were similar in some ways. And so we met, I reached out to him, we met up for breakfast and um, we've been friends ever since. And so he definitely has always given me some tough love advice, but he kind of was like, yeah, here's what you kind of need to do. And, um, I continued taking classes and then through being seen, I, I just want to say right off the bat, most of my career, I've not had an agent. Like, I've been hip-pocketed, you know, different things. Can we explain
0: what that means real quick?
1: Yeah, so that means when an agency, they don't sign you. They just kind of put you in their pocket and toss you out every once in a while to see if somebody bites so they're kind of waiting for you to hit something and then, you know, whatever. So they, Ugh, I, I, was I hi- hate it, by it, the way. It's not great.
0: It feels shady.
1: It Yeah. It Basically, they're waiting for you to hit it big and then they'll take you on. It's
0: like a, a convenience client. They're,
1: yes. They're not interested in developing you or building your resume, um, which I found out later because I did sign with them later. And then the reason I left is I got a manager and she was trying to submit me for a co-star. And the agency was like, "That'll make me fifty dollars." My my agent at the time, he was like, "I'm not interested. You can you can submit her if you want." And I was like, "What?"
0: And so that means this whole time you had opportunities uh-huh. that you missed out on yeah. too. That is so frustrating.
1: Yeah, because it's pretty uncommon for somebody to just right away book a series regular.
0: In what world? <laughs>
1: yeah. So <laughs> you have to build, you yeah. know. And they weren't interested and building because I was testing for things and I was getting close to things. But if I had had a fatter resume, maybe I would have booked them, you know? Yeah. Who
0: knows? So did, then how have you, how has he kind of mentored you in that? Like, is he like on self submission type stuff or? No, he just gave me,
1: I would ask him advice on, I read auditions with him sometimes. So I would see how he prepared. Um, and he gave me a lot of advice. Like I said, tough love over the years, but, you know, there were times where I would get frustrated and you say, I don't know, what am I doing with my life? I think I, maybe I need to quit. This isn't working out. And when I said that to him, I think you feel like your friends are going to go and maybe you want them to go, no, you're talented. You're going to be all right. Just push through, you know. That
0: conversation you can hear in your head. Yeah.
1: And memorize and repeat it to yourself later. <laughs>
0: Every six weeks. Yes.
1: <laughs> That's not how it went down with him. He went, okay, then quit. Yes. And my knee jerk was, What? No. And he's like, Well then don't. Like you know, don't he was like, If you want me to build you up, I'm that I'm that's not my job, you know. If you wanna quit, quit. And it just taught me right away, like yeah, don't play it's like throwing out the divorce word. Don't play around with that. Yeah. If you're in it, you're in it. And you'll kind of know, you will know in your heart when you're done. And the fact that when he said, Okay, quit and I went, What I was like, Oh yeah, no, I don't wanna quit. Yeah. I don't even believe that. Yeah. So it was an it was a good lesson. Maybe it could have been nicer. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you need it. Yeah. Sometimes you but need I it.
1: Definitely call him with questions business wise a lot. He's very business savvy and That's so Um, cool. And he's given me advice about, you know, one of the things I always repeat in every interview that he told me that was so helpful. He said, you know, you want to think, think about your, think about a rocket and an airplane. How do they go into the sky and how do they come down? Which do you want your career to be? And I'm like, well, the airplane, I want longevity. And he's like, exactly. You know, this is, this is a, this is a marathon, not a not a sprint, and I think it's really hard, especially when you're young, and you're out here, and you're excited, and you're just getting started, and you jump into classes, and you jump into everything you can, and you're self-submitting every day. You can drive yourself insane yeah, because you're beating your head against a wall going, well, my college professor or my best friend back home says I'm the best thing around, and you get out here, and everybody's the best thing around, you know? Yep. And so... You, as a young person, think, well, I'm going to take this town by storm. And listen, it can happen. It's a town of dreams for sure. Yeah. Anything can happen overnight. But usually, if you look a little closer at that overnight success, it's got a good 10, 15 years behind it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what's that saying like, I was an overnight success over the past 10 years? Exactly. Or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. I wish, I wish that that would have been taught to me. Before I came here. I don't know exactly how that would... I don't know how you could teach that in a college class, but... I think you just have to say it. And you just kind of have to live it, too, because a lot of, you know, a lot of professors and stuff did make the choice to decide to go teach. Yes. And... And they
1: say things like, well, when you get out there, just do commercials if you need some money, as
0: if it's that easy. (laughs) I used to say when I I made, like, my five-year LA plan, I was like... Maybe I'll do a commercial here or there. And now when I get an audition, I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, this yes. is great. Yeah. And you get on a veil and you're like, oh, God. Yeah.
0: I would deign to do a commercial. I would beg to do a commercial. I mean, it's not as easy as they made it seem. Like, no. well, if you get desperate. I'm like, I was desperate from day one. And maybe maybe 30 years ago, this it was, was different. different. Yeah. But it now different. it's very... What do you think has changed the most since you came out here?
1: Hmm. I think things like so much self-taping mm-hmm. has changed, which I'm old, so sometimes it drives me crazy, but it's easier for people to self-submit yeah. and do things. And also the amount of content that people are making on their own is incredible. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen cool. quite as much when I came out
0: here. How do you self-tape? Do you have like a home setup? What, what's your I style? I do not
1: because I... Just mess things up. I'm just terrible <laughs> with stuff like that. So I actually go out. Uh, do you know Michael Reiser? He's an MSU alum.
0: The name sounds familiar. So I'm
1: going to give them a shout out because yeah, they please. do amazing for me. It's will put a
0: link in the Yeah, in the JB
1: Self Tape. JB Self Tape. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're over in Sherman Oaks and they literally, they're kind of like 24-7. I can text them at any point and be like, I need this in in three hours. And they're going to get it. Amazing. And all I do is go... Read my audition. They handle everything else. They send it to my agents. They put it all together. Like they oh, that's title really cards. nice. It's so much easier than the 12 hours I would spend doing
0: it myself and it would still be horrible. Isn't it funny? It's like a 30-second audition and then I'm like, I have to edit it in iMovie. I know. I, just, I have to send it. We transfer. I, I to-
1: just can't. I, I don't have the time. I agree. I don't well, think the, anybody does. Mental
0: patience. No. Also, I don't because I'll rewatch it. I'll be like, oh, maybe I should just do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I will rip myself to shreds over something like that.
0: Yeah. So having them to be like, no, it's good. Or let's try it one more time is really nice. (laughs) I'm intrigued by how different people handle self-tapes because they are like the new thing.
1: Yeah. It's happening a lot now. For big stuff too. Yes, totally. And the thing that always made me weirded out about it is my agents and manager are going to watch it. And there have definitely been times my manager, I love her to death, she's... I wouldn't say she's an I love you woman. She's just like straightforward. Mm -hmm. And there have been times where she's been like, I'm not going to submit this. This isn't great.
0: (laughs) You know what, though? Cool. I appreciate it. There are some auditions I wish I could take back. Oh, my my God. You're not kidding. And you worry, too.
1: You know, constantly we see celebrities audition tapes come out. And I'm like... That's going to happen one day.
0: Oh, no. I haven't even thought about that. Oh, I think about it. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I Google audition tape, the first one that comes up is Rachel McAdams notebook. Every single time. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Every single time. I'm like... (sighs) I don't ever want my auditions at... you, there's a freedom that comes with auditioning and your agents and manager not being there. And you know they're going to get feedback. And I always, I do my best to prepare and do a good job. But when you know they're going to watch it before they send it, yeah. it's a different feeling. It's true. Yeah. And
0: actually for some newer actors, it might be a good thing because then they can get more eyes on their auditions, I will say, to have, and then the people who are on your team will give you feedback. And But then it's like a double-edged sword, like how much of non casting, non actor feedback do you, you want to wanna... take on. It's struggle struggled with that too.
1: It's a weird thing because I feel the same way about some classes and stuff. I don't one of the reasons I think I work as much as I do, A, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. I I'm aware of that. But also I think it's because I focus very specifically on who I am. I'm selling me as a very specific individual. So when I prepare for an audition and stuff, my reads, I know nobody else is going to read it like me. And I've been in classes and gone to coaching before where they try to beat that out of me, like to do it quote unquote right. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care about doing it right. I want them to see the best version of me because that's what I'm selling. Yeah. And so you do, you have to think, you know, is somebody taking away what's special about me? That's where you kind of have to be your own advocate, your own boss. It's hard to, it's hard to stand up for yourself in this industry
0: because sometimes we feel like we're the bottom
1: rung. Oh man. And sometimes you're in a situation that's very like, I've been on set before getting ready to shoot and I almost quit a job because my outfit was a visual joke on my weight instead of, I felt like it was instead of. I thought I was cast because I was funny, not because I was funny to look at, and no. that was a big lesson. If I could go into another, story, <laughs> no, please. Story oh. just reminded me. No, this is this is the how this podcast goes. Please, my one of my, I guess my first professional job that actually went to air was Reno Nine One One. Okay, and it was so much fun. But when I first got there, you know, I'm not a tiny girl by any means. Another reason I didn't want to move to Hollywood. <laughs>
0: I get it. I'm a medium, and I'm a Hollywood extra large. I oh gotta, my god, I am like a Hollywood obese.
1: <laughs> this so
0: that <sound> is so <laughs> banana. I can't. So
1: I uh, got to set, and my outfit was hot pink spandex sleeveless, like tube top one piece thing. And I was mortified. And for who is that okay? It though? just looked. What was the role? It was. I was playing American Idol auditioner. And so I had a little hat and stuff. So anyway. I, it's interesting too because the, the background actors didn't know that I, they thought I was just another background. And, ooh, they were not nice to me until we got really, to set. yeah, it was
0: interesting. I've never really said that, but it's true. Um, there's a. V- Sometimes there's a vibe from a group of actors that gets a little. I, th- I think background actors too. They
1: know each other a lot. They work yeah.
0: together a lot,
1: and they're like, "Who's this?" You know.
0: I mean, if there's one thing we could learn from all of the stuff we live in is that, like, all of our lives are so complicated enough. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just be friends? Can we just support each other in like the and smallest also,
1: way? You don't know who somebody is or no. where they're going to be in three
0: years, two no. years, I have four I, months. Tell your... I'll tell you a story later about something. I'll remind you. I'll remind you. Um,
1: So we were going to lunch and uh, I changed out of it because I was not going to let anybody see me in that until I had to. I don't want
0: to eat in that. Yeah.
1: So I was walking across the lot to grab lunch and... um, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant came up, they ran into them, and they created the show, Lieutenant Dangle. And I forget what Ben's name was on the show. But anyway, they were like, hey, Dana. I was like, hi. And they said, "Um, how are you feeling? And I was like, all right. (laughs) And I had already talked to my mom on the phone, like, I feel like I need to quit. I'm going to humiliate our family. I'm going to look so horrible, Uh. you know. And this was my first big job that I knew was going to be on the air. And so they were like, oh, um is it because of your outfit? How are you feeling? And I was like, it's not good. And they were like, we were afraid of that. And they grabbed me. Each of them looped through my arms and grabbed me and took me to wardrobe. And they said, Dana's not comfortable in her outfit. Fix it. And they did. Wow. And as a result... It's such a memorable, fun, it's, I had such a hard time taking it off my reel. I mean, whenever I run into them, they're like, that's one of our favorite things, you know, it was, it was amazing. amazing. It was such a good time. And I learned then like, and Eric has told me too, yeah, stand up for
0: yourself if you need to be comfortable to do your job. It's true. Nothing is more distracting than not, than being aware of extra aware of yourself mm-hmm. in the situation. And
1: I think we get in these situations where we feel lucky to have a job and we just get bullied. So it's like if you're uncomfortable with your hair being up because of the real estate on the side of your head and neck, Dana, um, <laughs> the then, <real> tell, <laughs> then tell them you want some tendrils or you'd rather have it half up, half down. Like make sh- be your own advocate. You're not being a diva as long as you don't act like a diva. Just yeah, say – yeah. I, I like I like my hair better down. Can I or whatever it is? Yeah,
0: well, having an opinion is a tough. Sometimes it's so hard to be that person. In it that is
1: situation. even large celebrities. I knew of an incident where a, a famous actress was in a movie and she had signed on no nudity. And the day of the sexy scene, they tried to get her to do nudity, and she was big enough that she could go. I told you no, and guess what? Now I'm going home for the day. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is so baller. I
1: love it. But I didn't feel that way. I had an audition uh, early on where the producer wanted me to look sluttier and she, or the casting director, sorry, she unbuttoned my shirt in the room and tied it in a knot and marched me into producers before I had a chance to be like, why are my boobs out? uh, (laughs)
0: uh, And it's like, well, when when does it become my version of your character versus your character? Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. Do you ever feel, as a woman in Hollywood, too? How, what has your experience been in this? There's this whole Me Too movement, and then like the the openness of women are considered a diversity in casting, and like we're trying to get more of that. Have you had experiences where you wish you could have stood up more for yourself or others in the situation?
1: I've been really lucky in that I haven't experienced that too much. I think probably just because of my personality and also I don't look like Charlize Theron. Like I don't think I'm, I, I'm married I and a, you know, <laughs> who cares, but um, I, you know, I came up with comedy boys yeah. and there's a weird openness between comedy people. I don't get that easily offended. Mm-hmm. And if I need to stand up for myself, I ain't afraid to, you know, I'll say that's not appropriate. Um, I do a lot of comedy improv so if I put into a scene you can touch my boobs then I'm clearly giving you permission mm-hmm. but if you do it without me initiating that we're going to have a problem uh-huh. you know Uh-huh <laughs> Absolutely Yeah so I I haven't been in a situation I do have very close friends who were wrapped up in some of the very public situations that oh, have happened I'm sorry And yeah I I hate that I'm glad that women are speaking out now Me too Um and and I hope too that it makes people think, women think about the situations they put themselves in, because I think sometimes, not that that that's any excuse for them to be victimized. No, at but all. just taking
0: out one less step of the process exactly. for us to get trapped. Absolutely, in a situation. don't
1: feel like you need to put yourself in a precarious situation to try and get ahead. Yeah. And I don't think that was that's everybody's intent by any means, mm-hmm. but like just take a minute to think about where you're going. I watch so much crime shows. I'm always like, if you don't know this photographer, don't meet him in a park. He's going to murder you.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> There's some uh <clears throat> actors access things that I did when I first got here that I remember thinking, I need to tell my friends where I'm going to be. Oh my god. I went to um interview
1: for a job, I'll put in quotes, to oh be no. an assistant to a man. I went to that man's apartment in Santa Monica at 7:30 at night by myself. And then worked for him for a week alone in his apartment. It was a very odd experience.
0: What is the what is some of the weird side jobs you've had in
1: LA? Oh God, I've done, I had weird side jobs back home too. I worked in a bingo hall. I worked at a factory. But when what? I, yeah, <laughs> to put myself through school. Amazing. But I uh, when I got out here, I did a temp job for a while. I had a corp- couple of corporate jobs. Um, when I was at my last corporate job. I actually had an appointment to meet at the coroner's office to see what extra credits I would need to work there. As an assistant in the coroner's office, like I was going to go back to school because I was like, this isn't happening. Oh, wow. It's been four years. I was going to ask how
0: long you've been in LA for.
1: And that's something I've always been interested in. And so I was like- So you're going to take
0: the true crime to the next level. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So
1: I had an appointment to meet with them and see what classes I needed to take to get on track for a program on Friday. And that Wednesday, I got a call to be a producer's assistant um, not a set PA, but actual assistant to a producer on a TV show. And she was going to help me get SAG, which ended up not working out, but it changed the course of my life because I continued doing that instead of going back to school. Wow. Yeah. So when I did that, I worked for her for a long time, but when you're working on shows and stuff, sometimes there's a hiatus. Mm -hmm. We did a couple of pilots, our show got canceled. So then I was thrust into the world of, do I get a real job? How am I going to make this work? So I've done, I did a lot of nannying. Mm -hmm. Um, I, tons of nannying. I did, um, I teach and coach improv. Okay. Um, I haven't done that for a little bit, but I used to do it a lot. I, Taught. I took a class on how to make semi-precious jewelry with wire wrapping and I sold my jewelry in a boutique. I love this. Yeah, and I also worked on the weekends in that boutique to work off my booth rent uh, no. at, a, at the shoe store.
0: Whoever uh, says actors aren't hard workers don't oh know God. what the real life is like.
1: Constant hustle. Constant. All the time.
0: Yeah. How, how did you know that you were ready to be done with those side jobs when I could make enough to not <laughs> need it <laughs> were you ever scared because that's I think it's a constant fear of like what what is enough and how do you how did you know that you were okay to like I don't, be think, doing the acting
1: I don't think only. you ever know because my husband also is in the industry and at the time he was in movies and not TV. So he would sometimes be gone for six months and then not have a job for six oh, months. Wow. So I think if you get into this industry back in the Midwest, we're taught you always have a job and you always have savings and you always know what's next, mm-hmm. right? That's not the world that we live in. We just kind of have to be at peace with knowing Things change constantly. You never know where your next job's coming from. But did I, it take you a while to find that piece? Yes. And it took my husband a long time to find that piece regarding me. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, just shared finances. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so there were times he was like, do you think maybe you should go to Starbucks or something? You know, Here they have insurance. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. And that's when I was like, no, I'll find a hustle. I promise, you know, because that's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's, great for scheduling. (laughs) So I just found, I always say if you're meant to be here in LA, she'll take care of you. There's always
0: a way to make a living. I agree. Yeah. Mostly if you just tell people you're good at something, they'll pay you to do it.
1: Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Ask around (laughs) when people come out for the, um, showcase for Mm -hmm. MSU. I always say, you know, use these resources. I got tons of moms that need nannies if that's something you're good
0: at. Absolutely. I always say I should start a side hustle that's finding actors jobs. Yeah. There, there are jobs. There are ways for sure. Yeah. To be safe. Willing to play. Mm -hmm. Back to the auditioning stuff. Mm -hmm. When you're, especially in these days when you had jobs and you're working nonstop and trying to like develop your career. How did you find time to prepare for auditions and what is, what has kind of become your process before an audition? And do you have one? Cause I feel like people are always looking for the big, like the checklist of like, okay, I am ready. I yeah. did all of the steps. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody's checklist is the same. Um, yeah, I have a, sp- I guess I have specific way of preparing for audition. I will say when you're hustling like that and trying to get time off from jobs and whatever, it's difficult. You squeeze it in where you can. But I know from experience on both sides of the camera, if you're prepared when you go into an audition, you're already head and shoulders above most of the other people. So if I had to stay up till three in the morning, I would. When I had a baby it was even harder because I had to take care of him and then find babysitting, get him ready, get me ready. And I told my husband, you go to work and you sit at your desk and you do your job. I am a frazzled mess till the second I walk in that room. Everyone else in the waiting room is like calm and prepared and they've gone in the bathroom and done their mantra or whatever they need to do and I walk in and go oh god okay where where's the sign in what
0: all right, ready yeah 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 yeah,
1: you know, just a mess. <laughs>
0: I feel like I feel the same way and I haven't even had a kid yet. Yeah.
1: So now he's in school, so it's a little easier.
0: <laughs> How old is he?
1: He's seven. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That's still tough though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i lucky enough now that I have a nanny that's like family. Great. So I have a lot of help. But in the early days, I had help from friends. Yeah, You know, like I kept a stack of headshots at a girlfriend's house um, because I could just drop my kid off, grab a headshot and go. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah.
0: And also very smart. Yeah. What do you do when you're strapped for time and you get a, you know, eight page reoccurring? Yeah, you just got to sit down and take the time. Yeah. You know? Do you have someone specifically you like to rehearse with? No, I
1: I actually do a lot of... I wouldn't call it coaching, but I help a lot of my friends with auditions mm-hmm. and I was also in the Groundlings Sunday Company, which mm. we, it requires a lot of cold reading and stuff. So, and I, I'll talk about this later, but I like auditioning for very specific reasons. Listen, if I didn't have to, that'd be golden, but I do. So I, love I have, that you
0: like auditioning. I have
1: a very specific perspective on it. I'll tell you, but, okay. um, So I don't necessarily coach with another person unless it's something really big. But like I said, um, I don't like going to, to coaches I'm not familiar with or, um, but what I do do, (laughs) I do do.
0: Never gets not funny. (laughs) You have a seven year old. It's okay. I know, right? Everything.
1: Poop is always funny. Poop and farts. Um, What I do is I'll sit down with the script, and I go through it, and I find what makes it individual to me, specifically, in my reading. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do. I work on it word by word. And then I have little tricks. Um, When I was in the Sunday company, I was memorizing constantly, and that is a a tool you can exercise and get better at. Yes. But when you're not doing it as often, I do things like, if there's a specific line I'm having problems with, I will Meisner it. So, like uh let me read something like professionally recorded interview on the One Broke Actress podcast, professionally recorded interview on the One Broke Actress podcast, professionally recorded interview on the one and just word by word uh-huh. to help I me that memorize from it. School. Yeah, and then also sometimes when I was in Sunday Company, I would write down the lines three times and just go through the whole thing. And if I'm having problems memorizing something, I still go back and do that. Hmm. I also record it myself, okay, on my phone, and I'll listen to it before I go to sleep or in the car or whatever. I do that sometimes. And, you know, you're not always going to have that amount of time. So also that to me just helps me hone my skills of memorizing fast too if I don't have time to go through all of that. But I had a friend who is a commercial actor and he said, this is how I know I don't want to be a theatrical actor because I don't want to do that work. The, the, the work work? Yes. <laughs> to me, auditioning is my
0: job at this point in my career. Everyone I know who is working professionally says that.
1: Yeah. Booking something, that's a whole other set of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the that's icing on the cake. And also a separate set of fears and <laughs> <laughs> issues and all yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But for me, I want to go back to what I was saying to you. Yeah. My perspective on auditioning is I know a lot of people have issues with it, so I'm very grateful that for some reason this is how my brain framed it. But I cannot wait, especially if it's somebody I don't know, uh, casting director mm-hmm. I don't know, When I walk in the room, they look at me and I don't think anybody's going, she's going to be a big star. Look at this kid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I know when I walk out of the room, they're going to be like, "Huh, holy cow, how have I not met her before? I know it. I know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. And I can't wait to see that shift in them. Oh, I love that. That's my time where I get to show you the one thing in my life I'm good at. (laughs) And I can't wait.
0: How did you develop this confidence? Or have you always had it?
1: I think I developed it because I was not the superstar and I was constantly rejected in college. Mm. Um, You know, there are people who are the stars of your theater department. Absolutely. And I was never one of those people. And I always say, um, I hope cussing's okay. Oh, it's encouraged. Okay. I always say I have a tiny little fuck you flame in Mm. my heart. Because I was a shy kid and nobody, I was always middle of the road. I was just invisible. I didn't need extra help. I wasn't the smartest. I wasn't cool. You know, I was just invisible. And so this little flame started growing where I was like, I'll show you guys. And and that's how I operate all the time. I can't wait for you to see how good I am because you're going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: what? I love the word fuck you, Flame, because I have had that feeling inside me my entire life and I've never been able to describe it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so and some real. people say that's not healthy. I'm like, whatever, whatever. works for me. Yeah. You know, it's not angry, <laughs> it's excitement of like, I can't wait to show you. I am, this package that walked in is not what you expect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: That's my time. I get to show you and I'm super excited.
0: How has having a kid
1: changed your world in this way? It puts a huge narrowing focus on what's important. Yeah. So when I was younger, I was doing improv shows and sketch shows every night of the week, two or three shows. You know, oh I my said God, that means
0: you are up to like two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Always, Ugh.
1: always. So now, obviously, I'm old and I have a kid, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> I
0: can't do that stuff anymore. <laughs> ah.
1: So it really does. Um, pare down what you say yes to and Mm. makes you focus on what's important and what's going to give you exposure and progress your career in the most beneficial ways. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I turned to writing more after I had a kid. Was anything because? I think I've, when I was very little, that's what I started out was my thing. So I won like language arts fair things and I was a writer and I said I wanted to grow up to be a writer. And then because I was very shy and overweight and not cool, I just told my mom, tried to get me to join the newspaper. Your my mom's, mom's she's a real pusher. Driving force. <laughs> she's a real pusher. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I'm too dumb. I can't write for the paper. I'm too stupid. And I didn't write again until I was 24. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I wrote a one act with um, Josh debose someone who I adore. He's an actor, writer. but um, And I was like, oh, I am good at this. And when you get into the groundlings, it's trial by fire. I mean, mm. you have to write constantly oh, with wow. no time to worry about it. Is it good? Is it bad? Are people going to like it or not? You're just constantly churning out material and I didn't make it into the main stage but a friend of mine who also didn't because there's a lot of factors that go into that he said I don't care and I feel this way too there's a lot of politics that go into programs like that I and and it does exist I wasn't using it, it for that I was using it for tools on my tool belt exposure and he said they made us into weapons and released us on the world and I have held on to that Every day since he said it to me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that and that fuck you flame.
1: Yeah. And it really, after I had my child, I was just in mommy mode for a couple of years. But I started, because I always thought once I had a kid, the reason I waited, I waited 10 years. We were married 10 years before I had a child. Wow. And that was all me. My husband was ready immediately. <laughs> but I was afraid I would turn into mommy and shut everything else off completely forever.
0: I think that... Style of concern is a big thing. A lot of actors have about a lot of things, relationships, like relationships
1: and commitments children, of a lot of kinds. Absolutely,
0: because it's a fear of its distraction.
1: And I just want to shout from the mountaintops: You can have it all. You can't, because I realized after a couple of years, I said to Dan Tipton, um, "That's my husband. You haven't met him. I call him by his full name. It's weird. I, I know." I love but. that you do. Know <laughs> but I said. I don't know who I am anymore, and I was like crying. I was having a breakdown. I said I've lost all my friends. I'm not creating. I literally have lost every sense of myself besides mommy, and it doesn't feel okay. And he was like, "No, it's not. Find it." And so my current writing partner, it just like was happened the way it was supposed to. Approached me and said, "I've got this client. I'm trying to make some commercials for, and um, I wanted to know if you'd help me pitch them some ideas. They haven't really." bit on anything that I you know, pitched. Mm. So I did. And we ended up making this series of commercials. And we ended up that was another side hassle I've had in my adult life after I had my child where we were making digital content for companies like Uber, and a company back home gig salad, a couple of online companies. So I was producing and writing content commercially for online businesses as well. And that really I remembered how much I loved writing it that creative, those creative juices started flowing again. And I realized, I realized I can be a strong, independent woman pursuing my dreams and what I'm good at. And that doesn't take away from the love for my child. Yeah. I want him to see that too, especially being a male. I want him to see a strong, independent female role model in his life. And I hope that's what I'm doing. Now, when he sees me on TV, he rolls his eyes and he's embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. I speak to him like if I'm going to a show or an interview, like last night I did an interview and in photo shoot for a friend that, on a Creative Minds project. Oh, cool. If people want to check that out. And um, I tell my son, mommy's going to work. That's my job. Yeah. Even if I'm not getting paid for something, it's all pointed towards my career.
0: I love the idea of him seeing you do that too. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. And he'll say, okay, you know, do good at work. Does he kind of get what you do? Um, I think the one time it really clicked for him, I was in a pilot a couple of years ago. That was like my dream and it, came a sliver of an inch away from getting picked up. Oh, what pilot was it? It was called Unit Zero with Tony Collette and me, Rob Hubel, Kimberly A. Bear, oh, Abe May. I think I read that one. It's it was so good. I was a secret CIA agent. It was like living a dream.
0: Oh, oh my God. And so, so
1: much better than the coroner's office. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I would have liked that too, but <laughs> <laughs> I would have been the clown making jokes in the corner. Yeah. Oh, terrible. <laughs> no. Um but I got a copy of it and I, we went home to Missouri. I wanted my family to see it. So my parents threw a party for close family, you know, and he had already seen it at home when I showed a friend or whatever, he didn't really care. And he was goofing around and being loud. And he looked around at one point and he looked at everyone being quiet and he looked at the TV and he looked at me and then he smiled and he sat back and snuggled into me and settled down. And that was the first moment I think it clicked for him. Oh, this is what my mommy does and people want to watch it. That's kind of cool.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, it was a really
1: neat moment for me.
0: I love that you also got to have a viewing party for the pilot because so many times pilots are so, so, so much so... hard-fought work. Yes, and they're so secretive especially if it doesn't get picked up. Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody gets to see it. Ugh. That was my very first professional job was a pilot that didn't get picked up. Really? Yes. It was, I played a roadie for Alanis Morissette.
0: Sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. What, what is your opinion on pilot season? Because we're in the midst, of, like we're recording this in March. Uh-huh. So this is like the 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 thick of it. Yeah. Um, Whatever is left of it. Yeah. I yeah. don't, it, pilot season's never been something I'm super going out for where I'm at in my career right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts on it as an actor who's so seasoned.
1: Uh, I try to have the same kind of mindset you probably do. Uh, I am the type of actor that I'm not on the list of first calls. Mm -hmm. I'm not a celebrity, and a lot of things are offer first Mm -hmm. at my level. Um, So I try really hard not to put a lot of weight into it, which is Mm -hmm. hard because comparison is the biggest evil, and I am lucky enough to be surrounded by the most talented people in the world. And so some of my friends are... Fucking Oscar winners! Like I can't, no, cool. I can't, I can't compare myself. You know, yeah. some of my friends have multiple Emmys. Ugh. So, but it's hard not to because we all came up together.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I
1: try to tell myself every pilot season. First of all, I get a few things in the beginning of pilot season, but I know it's already offered to someone else, and I'm the just in case. Mm-hmm. So I keep that in mind. It doesn't keep me from doing the best I can, and I consider it practice, right? Which is good. I usually. Knock on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, get something at the end of pilot season because okay. they're scrambling. <laughs> Even if it's just like a guest star on a pilot. That's you know. when I
0: start to go out. Is like yes. mid end of April.
1: Guest stars and co-stars <laughs> are. That's how I've supported myself, and I pride myself on that. A lot of times, it's yeah, turned yeah. into IMDb recurring. Is stacked. Thanks. I, I've stacked. been very, a lot of my jobs have turned into recurring, you know, I, I was on a show called Suburgatory mm-hmm. and I went in pregnant, a huge pregnant, seven months pregnant. Oh wow. I didn't know it at the time, but I was about to have a baby real soon. Oh my God. <laughs> came early. So, um, I, it wasn't for a pregnant woman. I auditioned with every normal woman ever. Uh, I did get the role and I ended up doing six or seven episodes. Did you, but did you film it after you gave birth? I did do some after hmm Wow. Mm-hmm. I did some before and after.
0: Oh, cool. hmm Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, season isn't such an interesting bird these days. It's, it can make
1: a person crazy. It's changing so much. It used mm-hmm. to be the end-all be-all, but now shows are with all the cable networks and, you know, internet, mm-hmm. um, streaming things. It's kind of all year round.
0: And so, now a lot of stuff that is really great is not casting now. Like, a lot of Netflix and HBO and, like, the shows oh, that I get offer. the most jazzed about are you know not going to cast right now because they know that people are being offered and they're going to cast in like three months.
1: Yeah. It's hard not to get crazy about it, but I think Mm -hmm. you just have to accept it for what it is and stay calm through it. Yeah. Because then if you do get an audition and you're like, what if this is the only one I have all season? You're going to be freaked out and not do your best. I've done that. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. It's so easy to do that. Is there people other than the, so obviously the improv world mm-hmm. who have been a pretty big impact on you in your world. Is there like specific classes or coaches or anything like that? Definitely uh, improv was a major force for me. I, I have to
1: be honest, when I talk about my journey and my path to this career, I don't know how people who are not in comedy, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I have no advice for you if you're a dramatic actor. <laughs> <laughs> Because I knew that was my open door. I have, th- I think I'm a pretty versatile actress. I don't. I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but um, no, we're going with the confidence. Yes, yes. So you <laughs> have to believe in yourself, because otherwise, how will anybody else? You honestly. know, honestly. So um, I like to think I'm pretty versatile, and I do have a desire. That was one of the things I loved about that pilot. There was some drama in it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a dramedy. D. Um, but I don't get that chance very often, and I knew that comedy was going to be my way in. So that's how I built my career. And so improv classes gave me exposure. I was performing and moving up with better. and be- I always like to play and perform with people better than me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need to
1: be the best. I want to learn to be the best.
0: I always say, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong
1: In the room. wrong, <laughs> yep, absolutely. I tell that people that about classes. If you're in oh a scene study God. class and you're the best person and everybody's patting you on the back, you need to change classes.
0: I've done that several times. I'm like, all right, this is the I am
1: no. Yeah. I need to be surrounded by people who are so good. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I've done for years. So comedy classes and even teaching, even people are like, I don't want to go see improv. It's all bad. Well, yeah, sorry. A lot of it is, but you learn from that too. That's how I became a better improviser. I saw good shows and I saw bad shows. You see what works, you see what doesn't. So those things were very important to me. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I wasn't the person that went to Leslie Kahn and all the places Mm -hmm. that everybody talks
0: about, but I think I'm doing all right. I think you're okay. Yeah. I think you're okay. (laughs) I like to end on like some audition stories Mm -hmm. if there's anything that pops of like, oh my God, that was so bad. I wish it would have never happened. Or like, that was so cool. That was kismet. Do you have any any audition stories that were just momentous to you?
1: Yes, I have one of each. <laughs> uh, one of my worst auditions was for Mad TV and I was going to producers. So there were about 15, you know, executives in
0: there. Okay. It was like the, the later on in the process. Yes.
1: And, um, my scene, everybody was auditioning with the same scene. It had been on TV. My friend Krista Flanagan was in it. And, um, it was an orgasm. Like there was an orgasm in the scene and anybody that knows me, the best way to make me uncomfortable is be like, be sexy, you know, like, or, or an, at an audition, we're going to have you dance. I'm
0: out. Right. (laughs) You, we have a lot of common.
1: (laughs) So I thought I'm going to find a way to personalize this and make it my own. So I did the org she was supposed to be her husband's asleep and she's kinda living out of fantasy. Well I chose my living out of fantasy to make my fantasy man have a French accent. Oh my god. Great. It was a bold choice.
0: <laughs> did you, you did this in the initial auditions? In the producer's auditions. So so I had, had done it initially. You had done it before. I had, so you're doing for sure. the same performance again Correct. for a bigger room. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: They were flipping through their script. They thought I was reading the wrong thing. They were so lost. They were so mortified. <laughs> their eyes were bigger than half dollars. And sorry, am I, I'm so I was just, you have to finish, right? I had ridden there with my friend Arden Marine, who ended up booking it that season. Oh, she no. went in the room right after me. They were applauding her, okay? Like clapping for her after I had made them so uncomfortable I had to go back in there and grab my folder that I left with my headshot and script shit, at, shit. while they were still applauding her. I was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. No, <laughs> It no, was no. the worst. But let me say, I told a teacher at the time I was in the Groundlings program and I told him what happened. I said, I blew it. He said, let me tell you something. And th- I want people to remember this too because I really believe it. If a job is yours, there's nothing you can do to fuck it up. Because if they were really interested in me, they would have been like, whoa, okay, Dana, that was an interesting choice. We're going to rein it back a little bit. Can you try it? They'll give you direction. Yeah. So I wasn't what they were looking for, or they would have directed me to do it differently.
0: Mm, That's such good words of advice. Yeah.
1: So there's no way a job that is meant there's enough work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if a job is meant to be yours, when you walk in that room to audition, there's literally nothing you can do to fuck it up. I mean, unless you vomit on them or something. <laughs> and even then, that's kind of funny. They might cast you just because you. they're like, remember her?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she can do that thing?
1: Yeah. So that's oh, my, my bad God. experience. My I have had amazing good experiences. Um, the day that I chemistry read with Eric for Modern Family, I also chemistry read with Julia Louis-Dreyfus two hours later for Veep.
0: Whoa. And that was
1: amazing. When you get to go in a room... When I get to do chemistry reads with people that I've idolized, you know yeah. Larry David, um one of the most memorable is when I auditioned for Bridesmaids. I did not know Kristen Wick at the time, uh-huh, and we had to improvise a scene together, and I don't even remember what the scene was about, but we kept pushing our faces closer and closer and closer together, so that the last like thirty or forty seconds of the scene, our lips were touching while we talked, and I just remember we laughed so hard afterwards, and I remember thinking. How great is she that she doesn't know me from Adam and she was willing to go there with me. It was really, really fun. And also she's just incredible.
0: That's so fun. That's the auditions you want is when you're with... I think that some part of the reason auditioning feels so awful sometimes is because as actors, we just love people and we love connecting and watching and being a part of something. And auditioning is can sometimes be so lonely. Yes. Yeah. So to be able to have those experiences where you, you worked hard enough in the lonely space, you got to the point where you got where it's to work not lonely with anymore. fun people and remember that it's just so fun. Yeah. But we had a
1: blast. Those, those are the kinds of things you remember forever. And those are, this career is so filled with extremely low lows and extremely high highs. And I think that's what keeps people coming back because, man, when it's good, it's great.
0: But when it's bad, it's rough. Yeah. You just got to push through. You've given me so many good sound bites. In this Yay! <laughs> yeah. uh, but do you have any other words of wisdom you'd want to leave with someone who is newer or has just moved to LA, especially from our little farm town of Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Get, do something where you're making friends.
1: Even if you aren't into improv, you're going to meet some fun people. You can do that. If you want to take a class and you find one that's comfortable, do it. Meet people, make connections. It's a town of favors. But my biggest piece of advice that I always say to young people is you come out here, you hit the road running, and you're banging your head against every wall you come up against, don't think about acting and auditioning 24-7, or you will drive yourself insane. Mm-hmm. I have seen it happen to people, and they burn out, and they leave. If you need to take one day to go learn how to crochet from a 14-year-old on YouTube, you go do it. <laughs> I said to a girlfriend the other day, I said, after this audition, you have been driving yourself crazy. I want you to take 24 hours where you don't talk about acting. You don't look at a TV show that would make you critique it. You don't listen to a podcast about acting. Uh-huh. You do nothing to do with acting or the industry for 24 hours. Know who, Have your own identity and don't push yourself to the point of insanity. I
0: think this is why I like reality TV so much. It's, it's such an I escape to turn off my brain from yeah. thinking about who's working and what are they doing. Oh and what's my God, in that scene and what is?
1: So I mean, you know, sometimes even I had to cancel Entertainment Weekly. You know, I was like <laughs> obsessively magazine
0: subscription. <laughs> I'm
1: like obsessively going through it, and I'm like, okay, there's Sarah. There's, okay, there's Jillian. There's, there's all these people. There's Mitch. There's, there's Jim. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm. What am I doing? It just made me go, okay. When am I going to get in here? Is this something I need to be doing? Where am I not at South by Southwest? Where am yeah. I not at right. sun, you know Sundance? Right. And you just
0: go batty. So don't do that. It's, I just did the same thing with social media. I just took a break because I was in the fitness world for a long time. And Uh, so my Instagram is all this pristine. And I'm just like, I don't want to be thinking about that all day long. I have too many other things in my head already. You
1: can't. Your life will just, those tent poles will just fall in on itself. so so, true. You'll collapse. Mm. Go learn to surf. Oh my God. I don't remember the last time I went to the beach. Come on. No. All right, I don't know what you got planned this weekend, but I want you to take 24 hours not to think about podcasting or acting and go to the fucking beach. I got, I'll go to the beach on Sunday. But bring a snowsuit. It's, cold. <laughs> it's so
0: cold. <laughs> Maybe like I'll make a date to go to the beach. <laughs> Dana, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Where can people um, find you? Is there any projects you want to pimp out? Like anything, anywhere you want to direct people and it'll all be in the show notes too. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, my personal Instagram is at Dana Powell's. Which is not my name, but somebody had mine, so I added an S. Ugh, <laughs> it's
0: so annoying. When that happens. Um,
1: and I usually announce, like, when I'm doing shows and stuff. I've got a few shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. Sweet. I also am launching my new podcast uh, called the Rants and Raves Podcast. What? I didn't so, know that. Yeah. So we, uh, I used to be on a show called Absolute Worst Podcast, which is still up. You can still <laughs> listen to. So excited. Um, Rants and Raves Podcast. We rant out the bad and then breathe in the good. So we talk about things that annoy you or annoy. Yes, and then we in the rave section we rave about charity organizations and good news videos and things like that we need that right now yeah so we say out with the bad and in with the good motherfuckers
0: oh my god all right subscribed please (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much again thanks for having me all right guys i'll talk to you in just a bit and that brings us to the end of today's episode the first episode of season four Oh, I've been holding on to the interview since February, so I am so excited I finally got to play it for you guys. Thank you for listening, for rating, for reviewing. Thank yourself for adding your email to the One Broke Actress subscribers list. Yeah. I hope that made sense. <laughs> guys, thank you as always for following along on this journey via Instagram at Sam Valentine and definitely follow at One Broke Actress because that is finally up and running again. Thanks much in part to production company, media company, Laurel Canyon Creative. Thank you, ladies, for all of your help along this journey. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for our beautiful theme song. And I will talk to you guys next week.